0: and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast.
1: Just hearing these conversations around money more often and just being a little bit more confident in my work, like I'm definitely getting to a place where like I'm just taking on clients that want to, you know, pay me these prices. Like I just don't, I don't want to continue, you know, on a path of like cutting deals
0: This week on the Portrait System Podcast, my guest is David Franco. David is a fine art photographer, and his work is absolutely gorgeous. Now, even though David is a master at his craft, he's still working towards doing it full-time. David shares with us a little about his other job with his county shooting events and also how he has gotten so close to his goals to quit that job. David also tells us how he incorporates drag portraits into his business, what his creative process is like, and we also did some troubleshooting with his pricing. David is such a cool guy, and I'm so happy to introduce him to you. Okay, here is David Franco. Hi, David. Thank you so much for being on The Portrait System. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Nikki, for having me. I'm really excited to talk about uh, photography and all the all the fun things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a really long time coming to have you. Yeah, your
1: <laughs> I know. I've been observing. I've been a part of the super eyes community for so many years now, and it's just so cool to see how everybody has grown. And I'm a little like intimidated to be honest, a little bit, just because I, you know, I feel like I'm a part of the, you know, the <laughs> the the group officially, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, heck yeah. Well, we met in person, I feel like that was like the very first Portrait Masters. I have some good fun memories with you. Yeah, I think so. Back then.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been to all the Portrait Masters. Uh, I haven't missed a one yet. And I'm going to be continuing that streak because I'm going to the next one in September.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, the conference for anyone listening, if you're like, what are you talking about? It's our it's our conference. And our next one is coming up in September, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm stoked. You were saying earlier, you're really excited because there's a lot of marketing stuff that'll be taught and that you're taking my class, which I'm really excited about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like uh, one of the biggest struggles I have is in the money blocks and things. So I looked Mm -hmm. at the itinerary and I was like, okay, I'm going to do Nikki's. I'm going to do Felicia's. I'm going to do all the things. So, and yeah, I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. Felicia for the money blocks. I feel like she's got that nailed down and me for the marketing. I feel like I have that nailed down. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff. It's going to be a party. Well, and learning. of course. All right, David, we have so much to cover. So why don't we start with you just letting people know what you do? Because, you know, I've been wanting to have more people on who aren't like exactly where they want to be. I mean, I feel like everyone always wants to grow in some way, shape or form. But I know that even though you're like totally killing it and your photos and, and your work is just mind-blowing. Like you got, let's see, you won the black and white category this last round of our portrait masters.
1: I did. Awards and yeah.
0: I mean, that's like, that's hard. That's hard to do. And <laughs> you're a masters. You have your masters. Yep. Portrait masters yeah. Portrait masters, masters level. <laughs> so, and your work is just absolutely incredible, but it's interesting because you were telling me you're not really exactly where you want to be with your business. Mm -hmm. but that you you're doing some things really really well and you're like on your way there so i just want i don't know i want to i want to hear about it all so okay let's start with tell everybody what it is that you currently shoot you know to make money and then also any other things you shoot
1: yep so my background is actually not in photography. My background was actually in graphic design. That's what I got my bachelor's degree in. Mm, okay. And I worked at a lot of tech companies. I worked for a Greek yogurt brand. I worked for all these different kind of companies, and I was kind of a part of photo shoots often. And I was always just kind of interested in getting my you know my feet into photography. So I bought uh, my first camera. And I just started shooting like everybody does. I was just shooting like, you know, bugs and flowers and, you know, crappy sunsets and whatever. Just like, you know, just to kind of like learn. And as I started, you know, shooting more and more, I realized how much I loved portraits. Um, mainly because at growing up, I would kind of like go through all these albums that we had, um, you know, like my mom's wedding album and all these different things. And it, it, just, it just felt so important to me. So little by little, I started shooting more and more until I got this current job. So I actually work for LA County uh, for the Board of Supervisors, which basically means um, the people who run the county, I work for them and I shoot all the events throughout the county. And the county is really big. So we're constantly driving back and forth, you know, shooting assignments between, you know, if you're from LA, like Lancaster, all the way to Long Beach to Claremont. I mean, it's a huge, huge county. So it's quite a bit of a ground to cover.
0: Well, when you say events, what type of events?
1: Oh my God, there's so many. I mean, I've covered the Women's March. I've covered groundbreaking ceremonies for, you know, uh, housing, new hotels that, you know, they want to cover. I mean, there's like, there's just so much to cover. Uh, There's a lot of important topics that are happening in the county, mostly around homelessness housing, uh, you know, economics, like things like that. So we cover a lot of things that just kind of show uh, what the county is doing to kind of like tackle those issues. So it's not like just handshaking photos, you know what I mean? It's more of like a, a general sense of what the county is doing, but, you know, through kind of like an artistic eye. So we shoot kind of the basic stuff like the handshaking stuff, but we also want to showcase the county in like a really big way. So we, you know, today I was in Venice Beach and we were just kind of, it's summer it's hot. So we just want to show, you know, what's happening there. And um so there's just so many things to cover, but it's kind of funny because when I do all these things, I'm also kind of thinking in the back of my head, like, how can I take portraits, you know? So um, even people that were skate, skateboarding or surfing or, you know, and I'm taking pictures of all this. So it's it's kind of like integrated in my job a little bit to do, Also what I do, I don't want to say on the side because I don't want to like diminish my work, but it's, you know, it's not my main job, right? It's not my like nine to five isn't my portrait business. It's my county job. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Now I wanted people to know that you do have, even though it is photography related, it's a separate, it's separate from what you're like super passionate about, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Okay.
0: But now, but it is, I mean, it's income. Like how? For people who are interested in doing something similar to to this, you know, whether it's just event photography separately or through the county yeah. or whatever, how did you get hooked up with this? And then do they pay you like per job? Is it a salary? Like how does that work?
1: It's a salary job. Um I actually got a friend of mine worked for the county. Um I had just gotten laid off from a previous job for a tech company and a friend of mine sent me a um a web posting for this position he's like you know you've been shooting for a while uh, and at this point i had already like done jobs and developed you know a style and things like that so he was familiar with my work and he's like you know i think you would be really good at this job so i applied and it was a very long process i mean it took a while to get this job but i finally got it and this job supplies me with the money that i need to kind of fund my all my studio equipment everything that i have in my studio i mean have everything. I mean, I have backdrops, lighting, um, you know, the lenses, the camera, all this stuff has kind of been the skeleton of that. And then as I started getting that gear, then I could start actually shooting in my studio and making money through my portraits as well. So it's kind of like a dual income kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my primary job, just because it's it's so many hours of the day that I feel like it's the, my primary uh, source of income for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. So... It's, it's really interesting because when I look at your work, it's like, man, so much, just so much has to go into most of your shoots through the entire just creative process. And I'm sure editing, retouching, you know, sure. just all of it, styling, it's very unique styling. So how do you spend your time with, with this part of your work and are you getting, um, oh my gosh, that's right. This was your boudoir photo too. <laughs> one of the women laying like in the kind of desert mountains, it's right, right, like right. a fine art nude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one. That was the black and white yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I really just love your work. Anyway. Okay. So how do you rectify spending the tie all the time on this? And are you making, do you have clients coming in for this type of work?
1: So I um, actually do all the retouching and everything myself. Um, I've have sent a few jobs to be retouched, but the work has been great. But I I, I kind of like being a part of that process. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of have my handprint, you know, in my images and things like my lighting. I mean, uh, Felix Coons was a big part of that. I took his lighting series, and that just really opened my eyes to. Terms like feathering and things like like that are so basic to me now. But at the time, I had no idea what any of that was. And it just kind of developed over time. Um, I feel like my style is definitely kind of like a moody. Uh, it's I, I would definitely not describe my work as light and airy. It would be definitely a little bit moodier. Um, I love shadows. I love um, just like dramatic lighting and things like that. So all of that just kind of happened uh, over time. So. Yeah, as far as the styling and stuff. Um, so when I do, well, if we're talking about my drag work, we'll get into like you know how I got into all that and stuff. But just to answer the question. Um, I do consultations with them. I I talk about their brand because it's not really about what I want from the photos. It's about uh, what they're trying to communicate from their brand because every uh, one of them is going to be a little bit different. Um, there's sometimes will be similarities, but there's definitely a conversation to be had with them about what, you know, their expectations are and things like that. So, yeah.
0: All right. So two questions. Well, okay. Question about pricing, but for both of the different things that you do. So with the County, and I know you talked a little bit about how that works, but are you like going to them and saying, this is what I'm going to make, or this is what I'm going to charge, or do they just have a set fee? You know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah. So with them, I have a salary, uh, which is kind of nice because there's something also, you know, LA is really expensive, you know, and it's nice to be able to ma- kind of manage my finances with a set amount of income yes. per month that I know I'm getting no matter what, you know, as long as I, you know, okay, do so, my job, you know what I mean?
0: But Okay. So I guess really my question is, as far as the salary, did they come to you and say, this is what your salary is? Like, this is what we're offering you? Or was this negotiable?
1: It was it was definitely um, something that they gave, but when I applied for the position, I um, knew that was kind of where I would be. Okay. And again, like this was kind of a a transition period for me because my background was in you know art directing and, and in graphic design. So I knew that I was gonna kind of have to take a hit mm-hmm. to kind of get my my feet into photography because that's what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to kind of leave my design. I, I mean, I. I want to blend it eventually. I want to. I, my dream is to kind of have a, a hybrid between my design and my photography. But for now, I definitely wanted to focus on just photography so I can learn the ins and outs of the business and, and how to grow
0: that. So, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Now, before we move on to pricing with your more fine artwork, do you find that having this job where you are probably meeting so many people and interacting with so many people throughout your county and the community, do you mm-hmm. find that that helps to get new clients or is it just kind of like they just know you as an event photographer?
1: Um, no, it has. I have definitely have gotten clients and I've also, I mean, just from a networking perspective, I mean, just learning different communities and different things. I mean, I've definitely have seen things and interacted with people that have helped me uh, in my career for sure. It's nice. I actually grew up in LA. Uh, I don't know if I said that already, but I grew up here. And I think part of growing up in LA is that you stick to a bubble because it's so big. Mm -hmm. And what often happens is that you don't really know of these other communities because you never go to that side of town. It's just, you don't really have to, you know? And
0: with the traffic, it makes it so hard to. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. And now that I'm kind of doing that every single day, uh, I get to see, you know, so much of, you know, a place that I grew up in that I would have never, honestly. Um, It's actually really funny when I got this job, I didn't, when they would tell me, oh, you're going to be going to Claremont or to, you know, Silmar or wherever. I'm like, I have no idea where that is. (laughs) I have no idea. That's funny. It's
0: funny. Well, and I think think it's really cool because I I don't want people to think that, you know, out the gate, you have to be a full-time photographer and, you know, quit your job and that's it. Like, that's, that's it's not always how it works. And to have a second job that is in the same field that is still, you know, you can network and people see you with a camera and you're enhancing your skills. I mean, at event photography, you have to be like, you know, thinking on your feet with lighting and getting yeah, candids. And I feel like you are really sharpening those skills on top of it. So it just seems like a good kind of like segue if someone wants to quit their job but wants to find something else to help with the stable income while they're growing their client base I don't know it just seems pretty cool
1: yeah no for sure and I also think that you know this job is as much as it's not specifically on the type of portraits that I like to showcase on my website for example I think anything that's related to just shooting and just to kind of like getting, you know, getting out there and, you know, clicking that shutter and just seeing the world and seeing the, you know, looking through a lens is, it's going to really help. I mean, I, because of my design background, I feel like I see the world in a layout, which I don't know if that would make sense to a lot of people, but I literally see the world in layouts. I, when I frame my shots, I'm looking at it from like, oh, I can put, you know, a header there yeah. or I can put uh, and, um, that kind of got me in trouble for the awards. Cause I would often leave like negative space in places that like I shouldn't or things like that. But, you know, you start to kind of fine tune things over time as well. And, you know, it's just really interesting how, how our brains like think about these things. It's, it's kind of weird, but yeah.
0: Yeah. That is fascinating. And I want to hear all about your, your creative process, but before we get to that, I just want to touch on the pricing for your fine art. How do you price it? How does that work? Do you feel comfortable where you're at with your pricing, all that good stuff?
1: So um, it's actually funny. I I do a lot of landscape work as well, and I did landscapes before I did portraits. So as I was selling my landscape shots, um, I kind of just stuck to the same pricing because it's the same format. I'm selling mostly uh, matte acrylics uh, on a wall, so I'm using Graphy for that now. I I did it in the past, but now I'm using Graphy, which I love their products. Um,
0: There's something to none for sure.
1: So for example, like if I'm doing, you know, uh, a 40 by 60, you know, that's $3,200 uh, for the, for the large size. I don't do, I don't do uh, albums though. I kind of want to, I've seen uh, a few friends that have been doing them lately and I'm kind of like, wow, that's, it's a really interesting thing. But, uh, but I've just been doing uh, the traditional, you know, uh, reveal boxes and things like that. But, you know, it, 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 just, it varies on the client and what their needs are. Cause a lot of the people that come to me want stuff for their walls. Um, it's not really, uh, an album or a, a reveal box. Um, but you know, it, it, it just, it just varies. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So do you have set packages or is everything a la carte?
1: Everything's a la carte. Um, I've been kind of toying with packages. Um, I've been seeing some strategies on how to kind of price things so they fit in these kind of buckets where it kind of is a little bit more appealing. But that's kind of been one of my challenges is that I, I want to give people, you know the big wall arts and the big you know the pieces and stuff like that, but I'm I'm not quite sure how to kind of navigate like giving people like a separate product that you know isn't necessarily in the format that I want to give them. So I think like pricing is definitely one of the challenges that um, I've been facing lately, and and moving on to doing this full time because I want to do it sustainably. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to diminish my pricing because it seems like it's too much for somebody but I don't think sometimes people understand like you know not only just what would it cost to have this stuff printed but to actually um, just the time and all the craft and all the stuff that I've learned over years you know so um, I've gotten a lot of pushback and I shouldn't
0: have said hours I should have said days okay you have (laughs) had a lot of pushback or you have not I have
1: I have gotten a lot of pushback on my pricing and sometimes like depending on who they are I think I have kind of like okay like I can cut you a deal and things like that, you know, but, but lately I think I've been a little bit more just hearing these conversations on money more often and just being a little bit more confident in my work. Like I'm definitely getting to a place where like, I'm just taking on clients that want to, you know, pay me these prices. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't, I don't want to continue you know, on a path of like cutting deals and and mm-hmm. to make it, you know, because I, I, I like my work a lot. You know, I feel like just I, I see it now as a series and as as a body of work. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've really grown and I really want my pricing to reflect that. So, you yeah. know,
0: and it should mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder if there's just a balance there where if you were to kind of do, you know, how Sue is always taught the small, medium, large Mm -hmm. packages, there's something psychologically about that where if you've got like an entry level, whatever the lowest amount that you could make that wouldn't make you feel bitter or resentful or whatever that you just did all this work and that's all they bought, you know? And then a middle and a higher one, I wonder if when people looked at that, it would there. Okay, I don't know a whole lot about the cycle, you know, the psychology of selling and that sort of thing. But there, I know there is something to it when there's a a, a small, medium, large when there's not True. too many options because people get overwhelmed. If it's not, you know, I don't know. I just wonder if that's something that you could toy around with. Not saying in any way, shape, or form that you need to bring your prices down or you know devalue what you do or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just something to think about and. It is interesting, too, how you've been really working through, and I can tell just by the language you're using and the energy in which you say it, that you have been working on that self-value piece. And it's funny how you said recently you feel like you're getting more people now who are like okay with it now yeah, that you're sure. working through it all.
1: It's so funny. I, I think that's the biggest challenge is it's looking internally. It's not really about other people because we I think we can often project that onto people. but Totally. Um, I, I grew up kind of insecure. I I was bullied a lot in school and Mm. just growing up, it was just kind of a weird environment. And I think that kind of goes into your adulthood and you kind of in the back of your head that you're not worthy of certain things, you know, and Mm -hmm. getting rid of that Mm -hmm. language and moving on from, you know, that kind of thing and just getting better and, and gaining that confidence is such a good way to, um, to move on from that. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, when I hang out with you and just everything that I see you do, I would not look at you, David, and say, like, he was a bullied kid with no confidence. So when I said, like, oh, absolutely, I meant absolutely what we experienced, you know, as children can come into our childhood, but I absolutely don't see you as that. Like, that's not how I see you presenting yourself
1: yeah
0: i don't know if that's helpful to hear it's just funny the internal dialogue that we can have with ourselves when we think we're still like not worthy when people who are looking at us from the outside are not thinking that at all that is really cool and I, i
1: read something online the other day about how every single person that sees you will see you differently and that kind of stuck with me because i'm like wow Despite all the you know things that happened early on and whatever, is like how I introduce myself to new people that don't know me. That's a new version of me that is like being passed. You know what I mean? Like it's it's they don't know that old part of me. They only know the part that I'm presenting, and that that new part is someone that has experienced things and has done things. You know, and is confident or insecure about certain things still. You know, and it's like that's the version of you that you're presenting now. So that's just really kind of fascinating to me that, um, you know, you have that opportunity to kind of start fresh when you're introducing yourself to new clients or, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, it's just all about who you are now as a person, so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, okay, so if you were to do this kind of small, medium, large package thing, okay, let's talk about this. So if you, well, let me ask, how many images, so if someone commissions you to do a shoot for them and it's creative how many images are you actually presenting to them or is it just this one really powerful image then you're selling the 30 by 40 wall portrait
1: well i've changed my process so what i used to do was that i would kind of do my select like 20 to 30 images um kind of you know do all the editing and all that stuff and then i would present it to them that way But what I've been doing now is actually, um, basically after the shoot, um, they're getting ready to, you know, they're changing back into their clothes or whatever. And I'm doing my kind of quick round of edits and I'm actually showing them the take like basically right away Mm -hmm. um, because it's just fresh in their mind and I want people to see the shoot before they leave because I I don't want to give people too much time to think about like, oh, you know, like how much is this going to cost? Or, you know, they have this like (laughs) Uh kind of high that they're just, you know, kind of writing that like, oh, we're, we're doing this, you know? And, um, I think it's been more successful, but I I like doing it that way now because I also, I'm still excited too. Like, I want to give people that like, oh, we just did that. You know, we did that. (laughs) Mm So, um, there is a
0: high at the end. And that I think is one of the big benefits of doing kind of what they call an instant reveal.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: yeah, there's definitely Um, pros and cons there, but I'm assuming with how amazing your light is and everything, you're kind of nailing most of it straight out of camera. So I just want to, you know, encourage people, if you are going to do that, really get it right as much as you can anyway, you know, from the start, if you're going to show people.
1: Also, I don't know if this helps anybody listening, but um, I switched recently to constant lighting. Uh, I don't know mm, if this is like, love, like this yeah. conversation, but yeah. I I'm a very visual person. I I see the world as it is. I don't. I think strobe. I mean, I I know how to use strobes. I've used them for many years now. But the thing is, like when I can see the light as mm-hmm. it's there, um, I get way more inspired to try new things because I know, like, oh, if I add this, you know, spotlight, or if I add this you know, gobo or whatever, like I'm actually able to modify that in real time. And part of the benefit, uh, sorry, this is kind of getting into a long winded answer, but part of the benefit also to constant lighting is that uh, you can make videos, uh, which is something that I've been doing now as well with my clients. So Ah. um, when I'm shooting, I actually can, I have the Canon R5. So I make these really cool videos that I can present to them. And it's all with the same lighting that I was using to do the stills Mm -hmm. with. So it all is very consistent. It's all, you know, it's, it's, it's all done in camera, you know,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, it's, it's really nice. Yeah.
0: Couldn't agree with you more about the constant light. Not that I use constant light very often, but when I go on location and the lighting is not great or I'm going to be there for eight hours and the sun is just going to constantly change and in and out, like I'll, I use constant light and for the same reason, I have to be able to see it.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: It's, it's really strange. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, so I agree with you there, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your creative process. I know you said you do a lot of shoots, you know, like drag shoots. How, mm-hmm. do, like, because, and I'm scrolling through, and it's just, it's there's, it's so powerful. You know, I think sometimes, I could be wrong about this, but I think sometimes people have the idea with drag that it's all just, like, sequencing, and glitter, and, you know, yeah. and and you bring such a, like, soulful, powerful side to it. It's really amazing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I so that story started, I have a friend who actually manages drag artists. And I went to a, uh, there's a convention uh, in Los Angeles called DragCon. It's like the RuPaul's drag Con like convention. And ironically enough, Aaron J. Young was there the first year I went. Uh, and I didn't know Aaron yet. And now we're like really good friends and stuff. But uh, oh, awesome. Aaron Jay Young was there at a booth and he was shooting the start of his, book, which is actually coming out in December. I'm really excited mm-hmm.
0: for him. Um, oh, I'm excited too. I've been, I've been wanting to mention that actually that Aaron has a book coming out. He, he was a previous guest that you know people loved his episode. So if you are a fan of Aaron, definitely go to, go to his Instagram, look for the link check it out. It's pretty. Yeah, important.
1: it's wonderful. It's such a great body of work. And that that's actually how I met Aaron. Uh, I was really nervous because I knew of him. I already had, like followed him on Instagram and stuff, but I was so intimidated because it's like one of those moments where, and this is early on, but when you meet people that you just really greatly respect and you really admire and it's like, you can't possibly be friends with them because how could you, you know, like they're they're there's someone oh, like, that's that and, old
0: story coming yeah. up. Isn't that funny? <laughs>
1: exactly. And then it's like, you end up meeting them and you're like, are you serious? Like, this is great. Like, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, so I went to this convention and, um, I met some artists there and I ended up shooting one. It wasn't my greatest shoot, you know, but it was a learning experience. And I got to learn kind of the ins and outs of like different drag and that it's not just sequins and, you know, gowns and things like that. And there's a there's a whole like punk rock aspect to it, to a lot of them. And there's a whole like there's just so many different styles So that's kind of the thing that I love about it, because I I keep kind of reiterating this, but like my background was in design. So I have a like a long history with branding. And I love that every queen is essentially their own brand. And Mm -hmm. you have to get to have that conversation with them about like, you know, what do they want? Like, do they want something, you know, that looks very dark? Or do they want something that's, you know, um, I mean, there's just so many things. And so Um, we talk and we, you know, we'll brainstorm ideas and then they'll show me their looks and they're like, okay, let's, we can use this prop. I often give them props to use for my studio. I buy a lot, but I have like fake nails and metal nails and crowns and all sorts of stuff. Uh, So we get to have fun in the studio and um, it's really exciting work for me. It's, it hasn't been the highest paid stuff because the thing about drag and my experience, and I'm really hoping I can kind of break through from this, but is that they're changing their looks so often that they often don't want to spend like a lot of money because ah, they're going to be like, changing, you know, their, their other looks soon. So it's like, they don't want to invest, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a big, like, you know, like a fine art portrait client or would be or things like that. But, but it is still paid or there often is times where I will approach queens directly that I just really want to shoot that'll be you know like a trade kind of situation yeah for sure um but it's just been really rewarding for me I mean I grew up from like a very conservative Catholic family you know and it was often really hard for me to express my work in a way that it's like you you kind of hide in this like little bubble that you're like well should I showcase this stuff should I not you know and Little by little, like these, the armor kind of starts to come off, you know, Mm -hmm. and you start to become like your own person. And um, I think this work has just been really, really uh, helpful for just me as a person and just to to see the lives that I can help, like help transform. Mm -hmm. I've had clients come to me, you know, from really crazy backgrounds um, I don't want to go too far into their stories and stuff but I will say that some of them are just really really traumatizing yeah. and to see their transformation because of their drag and things it's just like really really inspiring for me um, to see yeah. so I definitely want to continue this work it's work that I'm very passionate about and I think doing it has also kind of helped transform even my portrait clients because now I can kind of see things from their lens and I can kind of kind of put that on my my other clients and I can kind of you know have ideas and and concepts around things that I've seen in the drag world so it's definitely elevated my photography um I really recommend shooting with drag artists uh they're just so like wonderful and um I've I've had like yeah some really really good experiences so yeah
0: yeah it is it is pretty incredible how what we can do for people through portraits and and like you said you know for your clients who've just been traumatized yeah. and to have some sort of healing come for through sure. this and for it to also be healing you as well is, yeah, it's pretty important. It's pretty powerful. It's, it is, it's such a balance though. It's like wanting to mm. give, cause it feels like the right thing to do and you're helping people in your heart and that sort of thing, but also making sure that you're balancing mm. that with getting paid. And it sounds like you're kind yeah. of there where you're like, okay, how am yeah. I gonna balance that? Like, you're not a charity, exactly. but you also want to help. So it's like, yeah, I'm wondering, gosh, you know, I'm just trying to think. Like, with drag queens switching their looks so much, I'm thinking about, like, the graphy boxes where, you know, it's a beautifully matted print. And maybe, like, that could kind of tell their story from transformation to transformation to transformation like as they pull out like it could have like the year engraved on it or just something you know i know you said you were looking at doing albums but i feel like if you're gonna have someone who is gonna be changing their look often you wouldn't be able to create an album until you were done with like the last shoot they were ever gonna do where it's like if you had some sort of product that people could you know Whatever it it looked like. But, like, I love the folio boxes because you can just take one print out, and then there's one below it, and then the next one, and the next that's one. And they really can change the cover of it. Like, if you get – the gra- graphy, has the ones with the window uh, – the reveal box, yeah. I think it's called. Uh-huh. And they, they make them large. Uh, uh, yeah. What's the – I don't know what the largest size is.
1: I think 11 by 14.
0: 11 by 14. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking is 11 by yeah. 14 might go larger. But anyway, I mean, the person could, like, have that on the mantle. And then yeah. change out the cover yeah. photo once a month or whatever. I don't know. I'm just trying to brainstorm like That's a product. That's a really
1: cool idea. I never really thought about that. And I, and as you've been saying that, I'm like, you know, that that folio box could literally just be their story. Yes. In a box, totally. Which is really cool. Yeah, that actually is a really interesting idea. And there could be maybe even like a package price where you know we i charge them i don't know maybe like half for the first half of the box and another half later maybe mm-hmm. and they get you know four four looks or something or whatever it is you know yeah. that could be part of that payment that's actually a really interesting idea yeah yeah that's and then cool. it could
0: break break down the payment too like what if you you know four times a year where you're going to do a shoot of them with their new um you know personality look or whatever outfit or you know, whatever yeah. and do it four times a year. And then you have a package price for that so that they know that you're going to capture all of it at some point. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to like each shoot has to be super cheap or anything, but that might be cool. And then they could make 12 payments over the year. Yeah. So
1: I they really love that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then you, it's instead of it being like a whopper of a number that they're looking at, it's like your monthly payment would be, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. it broke down to. Sure. And then you're like getting this income every month, you know? Yeah.
1: No, it's wonderful. I actually really so. like that idea. I, I like that because that's, that's kind of been one of my biggest challenges is that, you know, I, I want to keep working with them, but I'm not going to do, I don't want to do like, you know, a four-hour shoot. You know, and they're going to buy two images. It's like, well, you know, I, I wanna, I wanna make this work for both of us. You know, but if it's something where it's like a, a an exchange of like, you know, a monthly payment thing where they can get an image for each shoot and it's mm-hmm. broken down into several payments. I mean, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the, and then it doesn't have to be each shoot doesn't have to be so like even if you're just giving them like one or two I- of the the best images and you're not um it doesn't have to be a 4 hour shoot um, you know yeah, i course. i don't want to use the word like mini shoot but it could yeah, just yeah. be no, totally yeah i totally get it. yeah and and if if you're out there and you don't shoot drag or like people who change their look a lot or whatever like i wonder if this is something that could be used for you know family shoots like mm-hmm. a season you know you have a different seasonal shoot every year or I'm sorry, every quarter or yeah, yeah. personal branding, like quarterly. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of just ideas of how to break that down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just something that's, to think that's about. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about your creative process and styling and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. also, before I forget, I know people are probably kicking me that I didn't ask. Okay. Kicking me that i sound right. I know people <laughs> are probably like, why didn't you ask him? What constant lights are you using?
1: So right now I'm using the Nanlite system. So I have, um, I, have, I have several lights, actually. I have the uh, 300B. Um, the reason I like the B is because it's bicolor. So basically I can make it whatever color temperature I want. Well, not whatever, but it, it's in a range of, you know, temperature. So if I want to make the light warm, if I want to make it cooler, um, you literally just turn a knob and I can change that color temperature. It's really great for setting moods and stuff. Um, And I also have a panel. It's called the Mix Panel 150. It's this really cool... uh, It's about mm, like a foot and a half by a foot and a half, uh, something like that. And basically you can make that whatever color you want. So if I want to add like a blue rim light or... I want the main, you know, primary color to be red or if I want to, you know, change up the colors uh, between the bicolor light and the mix panel, I, can, I have full creative freedom with my lighting. In that That's way. really cool. Um, it's wonderful. And like I said, I'm very visual. So when I dial it in and I'm working with, a, you know, not just drag artists, but whatever clients in front of me and I'm like, I'm just setting, I'm like, oh, they're wearing a you know, a, a blue uh, dress. So I want to make the background either complimentary or like just whatever. You can, you have a lot of freedom with, um, with your colors and stuff. I don't like gels. Um, I use them occasionally because I have to, but I hate having to like tape them on places and like cut that like awkward, you know, gel material to like the size you need it as and stuff like that. So I love these lights because they just do it and <laughs> you don't have to like cut or paste or you know use gaffer tape and I just don't it's not me but um, but yeah it, it, it's, it's been a really great system Um, and I also have these cool uh, lights called the Pavo tubes I think they're called or these like like lightsaber looking lights. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, and you can also make those in whatever color you like. They're not the brightest, but they're great for like accent lighting and things like that. Yeah, so they're they're also really cool. And they also run on batteries, so you don't have to have them plugged in, which is great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And then as far as just like the styling, not so much the lighting, but clothing and props and all of that, is that something, I know you said some of your, your, drag, your drag clients have the Ooh. things, you know, the nails and things that come along Yeah, yeah. When they do a show or whatever. But are you providing anything or clients expected to bring their own?
1: Uh both. Um so well with the drag clients, I mean, I don't have the things for their particular brand necessarily, but there have definitely been times when they come and they forget their nails and like, oh my god, I forgot my nails. I'm like, don't go worry, I got you. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I have some, you know, cool creative nails or whatever that we can use. Um, so I definitely have things on hand for those things, but I don't have like, you know, everything. Yeah. Um I do have a pretty decent wardrobe though that I built over time. It's mostly kind of in a like a renaissance style though, because I love to do these like painterly-looking, kind of renaissance-y portraits. Um, So I have a lot of dresses and gowns and uh, also stuff for guys. I mean, I have, like, coats and uh, fur collars and just, like, fun props and stuff like that that I get to use in my studio a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, this has been really, really great. I'm glad I finally got to talk to you about everything that you do.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I... Don't really get a lot of chance to talk of my creative process um, to people, and um, this has been really helpful for a lot of reasons. I mean, even just the ideas that you gave me around um, packages and things like that. I think it's really helpful just to keep going, you know, and to, um, you know, yeah. you're always going to keep continue to learn and stuff. So,
0: yeah, that's great, and and I love that attitude, like all, just always learning, always growing, no matter what, you know, no matter how good you are, there's always there's always something to learn. Yeah, truly awesome. That's why I'm signing
1: up for a class, Nikki.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. I've got so much good marketing stuff coming your way.
1: Yeah, I know. It's going to be so much fun.
0: The last thing I was going to say is is make sure you keep us posted on what you decide if you end up doing packages or you know as you work through it I'm sure, sure it'll be really helpful for people to hear what ends up working for you so we'll have to do a follow up at some point you know
1: Yeah for sure I would love yeah. that and I and I I think I'm like right on that little border part now where I just feel really confident about my work where yeah. it's now it's just a, ma- a matter of you know taking that to the next level and and getting to you know where <laughs> I want to be you know which I think it's coming soon. I think I've learned so much in the last few years about just the industry. And, you know, this is all new to me, right? Like, this isn't Mm -hmm. something that I've been doing for years and years and years. I mean, now it has because of all the education and stuff. But I mean, when I started, it's like, I I didn't know anything, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about this industry. So um, even at the first Portrait Masters, I literally knew zero people when I went. I made the leap. I bought a ticket. I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. And uh, now I have basically friends for life.
0: <laughs> isn't it the best? It's yeah. so true. You're not the first person to say that. I've heard so many people say that. The friendship thing is yeah. It's huge. Yeah.
1: I really recommend if you haven't gone, um, just buy a ticket. Just go because um, this isn't like a sales thing either. This is just me saying like just from my yeah. own experience that it's just, it helps you grow and it just, it, it'll just get you out of your box. And um, I really, really recommend
0: it. Yeah. 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 I feel the exact same way. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my friends, my my friend Chanel Major, she's just amazing. One of my favorite people I've met in this photography industry. And she's like, Nikki, you have to ask people who aren't full time yet, you know, doing what they love and, you know, doing like the genre that they love. What is their bottom line? Like, what is it going to take for them to quit that other job? And so I promised her I would ask that, you know, when I had someone who was who is who wasn't to, yeah, totally sure. full time Yeah. So, what would be your bottom line? Like, is there a financial goal? Is there a you know shoot per month goal? Like, what would that look like for you?
1: I think if, if I can get the bookings that are consistent enough to make me leave behind a job that has benefits and all the you know all the things, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I definitely want to live a life that is comfortable to me. And I think that answer is going to be different for everybody, right? But I think to me is like, I want to be able to travel and to just not be so stressed about uh, finances. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a monetary goal. Uh, but I definitely just want to, yeah, to increase my bookings and just to be able to say, okay, I can definitely leave this behind because it's not where I want to be. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not. Like, I, I definitely, I've, I've said this, even when I first got this job, this is going to be like a stepping stone for me to learn more about just photography and to get my feet wet with, you know, in that industry. Cause you know, again, this is kind of the new thing for me. Um, so now that I've been doing it for a while, it's like, okay, now I feel so much better about doing this and this is where I want to be. So, um, just taking that one more step and having that, you know, financial freedom and, um, and yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling you'll get there quicker than you think.
1: Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really confident about it. I just, you know, I have my ups and downs just like everybody. And even when I get to where I want to be, I'm sure I'll have my bad months too. But um, but it, I think it's just it's an ongoing process that, you know, we're all going to have to do. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, if you really want it, you just have to work for it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. It's very true. All right. Well, I still have some questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot?
1: Uh, um, I would say probably a fan
0: because
1: <laughs> ah, uh-huh. I feel like my clients often get really hot and having a fan also adds some drama to the hair. Um, I love having some form of a fan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, lighting and whatever, but that's like more, you know. But like, for one thing, I love having a fan. Um, I actually bought one from Home Depot. It's some like industrial, like crazy thing because it's just, you know, I'm extra like that. But um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it definitely adds a lot of drama and, and yeah, and it helps them keep them cool.
0: <laughs> Is there a specific fan that you really love?
1: Well, I. So the one I love love I actually don't have yet. Uh I want to get one, but my space is not it's not a huge space, so I don't really know if I want to put this in my space, but I love those industrial fans that just look so cool. And they're like those big like metal ones that Yeah. I think Johnny Edward just bought one. Um but he yeah, but anyway, uh I want one of those because not only do they look cool, but they're also just like, you know, really powerful and they they work really great. Um but the one I have is more of a uh It it helps dry, like, paint. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like a, it's pretty big as well, but it's not like a huge metal one. uh, And it just has a lot of power, so.
0: Awesome. Mine is, I have a wind wind jammer, it's called. Mm. And it, I sit it on the floor and then it rotates up and down, kind of. I'm trying to, you know, it can stand straight up, straight up and down and I can angle it like Like 45 45 degrees. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like yeah. mine. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, The one that I have, there's a metal one at the studio that I use that's super powerful that I have mm. to, I mean, it's hard to use. Like I have to pack <laughs> it way right. up. But the one that I have is plastic and I, I tend to like that one better. But
1: I also use a lot of um, flowers in my photos often mm. and um, real and fake. And um, I've had some bad experiences with fans because all of a sudden, because like a lot of them are dead, like I, I dry them out and stuff. And so when I use these fans, like now I have like you know pollen or or petals or whatever just like all over my studio, and it's it's not it's not fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next question is: How do you spend your time when you're not working?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, I get I've had this question asked to me a few times in just like friendly conversations and stuff, and it's really funny because. I feel like I always have my camera with me and I know it's kind of like a cop out answer, but I just love shooting, but not, not for work, you know, not just, not just my sessions, you know, but I just love exploring and, and, you know, walking around and stuff and I love just um, shooting things. But if it's not that just honestly spending time with family and friends, Um, I I'm I'm a social introvert. Um, I'm definitely not super extroverted. So I feel like my energy is uh, limited to like big, you know, parties and things like that. Like, I don't, I can't do those things that in like big chunks, you know? So uh-huh. um, I like quiet time with friends and, you know, um, having, you know, even if it's just playing a video game or something or just, you know, uh, watching a movie or uh, tonight I'm actually going to go to a show at the Amundsen Theater. So so, so see a theater, but um, yeah, just honestly chill, you know, just enjoying life. And I'm not like a super, uh, I don't I don't do like a lot of crazy things you know but um but I love traveling and uh I love seeing the world and and yeah like I said I like being behind the lens. Um it's it's Fantastic. just how how I do now, yeah.
0: All right. Uh number 3 is what is a product photography wise that you would recommend to photographers to have? I know you already mentioned your constant light and the fan. Sure. <laughs> I
1: think I'll almost like rephrase that question and say, start with something that you feel you need, but don't, I think I think a big mistake that I made really early on is that you read all these reviews on all these wonderful products and you feel like you have to own them all. And suddenly you have a studio full of things you never use. <laughs> yes, so, I,
0: I, that happened to me at the beginning for sure.
1: It's, yeah, and it's really bad. And I, I'm really good about this now because I don't do that anymore. And I, and I, I would same, say... Yeah. Uh, my favorite things are the things that i absolutely use and like most of my sessions now i i would suggest like not buying all of the things i would say look at your style and what you need and then buy something that will help you with that but i think that answer will often be lighting cuz lighting is like such a critical part of our work it doesn't mean you have to use artificial light i mean even if it's a reflector or
0: mm-hmm. or whatever
1: it is for natural light or whatever it is but like um but definitely um elevate your lighting game.
0: <laughs> yep. Agreed. All right. Number what are we on? Number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? And I know you just gave that great advice about starting yeah. out with gear, but is there anything else that you would say?
1: Um that your work is valuable um and that you should and then I'm like talking to myself right now. <laughs> no, because like, you know, I think I think with the arts in general, I think there's this weird thing where I think a lot of people just devalue it. Uh, I don't know what it is about art, but it's often one of the first chopping blocks when things get asked. Um, whether it's you know, in jobs or whatever, it's like you know the art departments are often just devalued. And I think it's really important to remember like how important, um, not even just from like a money standpoint, but obviously that's a big part of it. But just from like how important it is to people and how how this is like these are images that are going to outlive them. And, um, you know, I've gone to funerals and, and all sorts of stuff where it's like so hard to find like a really good photo of somebody. And it's, it's just such a valuable thing to have. It's like, that's, that's how people remember you. That's your legacy. That's your, you know, it's, it's your, not to be cheesy, but your brand, you know, it's like, it's like, who, who, how are people going to remember you, you know? And, um, I would definitely remember that, um, it has value and that, and you're worth it. <laughs>
0: Love that. Really love that. All right. Where can people find you online?
1: Um, you can find me on uh, my website, uh, davidfrancophoto.com. And that's the same on Instagram. It's davidfrancophoto. Franco Franco's F-R-A-N-C-O. F-R-A-N-C-O. Um, yeah. And if anybody is listening that has any questions or, you know, you want to learn about drag or, you know, whatever it is, uh, definitely hit me up. I'm an open book.
0: Great, thank you so much, David. I appreciate you, and I will see you in September in Arizona at the conference. I'm already
1: packing my swimsuit (laughs) and my. uh, (laughs) You know, I never, I never wear a costume for the uh, the silent disco, but I am definitely dressing up this year.
0: Oh yay! (laughs) Awesome, very cool. All right, I will see you then, and until then, I'll see you online.
1: Sounds good. All right, see. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.